<laughs> hello, hello, hello. Hello, hello, hello. Uh, first off, uh, <laughs> we've both been kind of a mess this week, so this is a little late. I'm not even post it on Instagram or anything. Sorry, guys. Um, I've had a rough week at work, personally. And then we just both had a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. But we're still uh, passionate and obsessed with our savior nicholas cage good old cage and he will always bring us back into this sweaty dark dank cage he does it's like you can have a rough week and you just know that like at the end of the week nicholas is gonna be cage he's waiting know? for you you know and like pl- plus this city of week. angels just his big angel arms are just waiting for you yeah, yeah totally like about six different people sent me a link yes! to that but no but like other like times we've been doing this and Nick Cage has been in the news and no one sent me no shit. No one sent it. My but... mom did my mom did update me on the uh marriage stuff, mm. which we did talk about in a recent episode. Um uh that was definitely something I was gonna talk about. So let's just start off. We're gonna put the video on our Instagram because there is actually a video. I couldn't find the video. I was looking on my phone and oh, it there's just one... never showed me the video. I but... think there I think I've got one in front of me. I think there might be a video on TMZ. This is a very exciting part of the podcast where I go, is this a video? Is this a video? <laughs> yeah, there's a video on TMZ. So we'll try, I'll try to put it on the podcast, on the Instagram. I don't always know how to like, how do you like put someone else's video on Instagram? Uh, <laughs> Basically two old ladies are running You have to podcast. rip it. You have to illegally rip it from oh, the website. Okay, okay. Well, um, well, well, okay. We'll figure it out. But um, yeah, there's an incredible, um, I want to know exactly where it is, where he is. Essentially, Nicolas Cage is angrily yelling, screaming. It's about his divorce and his like- Purple rain. His, what is, isn't it like a religious thing? What is purple rain? I, it's have, like, I have no idea. What is an allegory for? It's like- I thought it was, I thought it was about weed. Maybe we should read it Let first. me see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I swear- know if this is the right- Like rain. <laughs> right. The rain is marriage. I don't know. I Let's don't know. see. Um, purple rain. This shows all the research that go yeah, <laughs> goes sorry. into this beforehand. None of us. <laughs> um, let's see. TMZ will give us the the news. Let's see. Something about purple rain speaks to Nicolas Cage's soul. This is from TMZ because he hit up the same karaoke bar twice in three nights. God, seriously, what would you give? What would you fucking give? To see Nicolas Cage scream karaoke. Purple Rain in just like your local shitty bar. I would love that. I would be like, like have you been I'd be, to it'd the be like a drag wheel? show where you're like <laughs> yeah. snapping. You're like, yeah, it's like standing cat up. And wheel in t- like in like near Cotton or whatever. No. Like that's what I'm imagining. Like that's a shit, like a crappy, <laughs> gross karaoke bar. And I'm just imagining like Nicolas Cage in there. Like, oh, I'd God. be, I'm imagining standing ovations, right? I would be, uh, I'd be like crying and like, I would, screaming. I mean, I, yeah, I would be like, it would be like a religious experience. It'd be like being touched by the Lord himself. The Lord. I'd pay to see him. Hell that. yeah. He should tour. Tour. Yeah. Yeah. Sing. Um, like Johnny Depp is doing now. Now Johnny Depp is a musician apparently. Ugh, yeah, but he's it's like obnoxiously music. Like Nick Cage can just go and just sing. Just like sing Elvis karaoke, and like, not even yeah, with the band. Just do karaoke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so we've got this new vid of him pouring it out all out on stage at what's clearly his favorite joint in LA's Koreatown. And this time, actually, Koreatown has some really fun karaoke bars. So I, I get. What I feel like when he was in LA, you were here, and when he was in like Bath, <sighs> you were there. LA. You know, it's like this is like the story of me missed- and Rupert Grint. <laughs> no, it's not. Okay, well. Alice, 
Rupert Grant and I are going to... He's not on the same level. Stop comparing him. He's... <sighs> we're on a journey together and we're going... We're soulmates. I know it. Anyway. Okay, well, that's like me and Elijah Wood then. Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, da, 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 da. Uh, performing in his favorite Koreatown karaoke. This time it was way more over the top, angry and demonstrative um, than the first clip we got earlier this week. So there's technically two clips of Nicolas Cage uh, singing for boring. The performance went down last Friday and you see Nick pacing around the room during what we'll graciously call his impassioned delivery of Prince's Classic. We gotta say he really went all out this time, especially compared to his Sunday night gig. Seems he toned it down a bit for the encore, but you can't blame the guy for pouring his heart into the microphone. He's going through some stuff. As we told you, Nicholas is trying to annul his recent quickie marriage of four days. Um, Some people pay $200 an hour for psychologists. Nick prefers free karaoke therapy. Um... (laughs) Let's see. Nick quickly soured on his new wife and filed for annulment. He says they were bombed when they got hitched in Vegas, blah, blah. Uh, Now, also, I forgot to mention this, um, that now his wife is also um, asking for spousal support. So she says that the marriage still counts. The four-day marriage still counts. Just stop doing this. Anyway, um, just speaking about his uh, now ex-wife, the woman Erica Co... I don't know how to say her last name. Koike? K-O-I-K-E. Koike? She claims that Nick's impulsive actions don't qualify for an annulment. She says Cage asked her to start again just in, the in, in quote, the right way um, as for the alleged fraud, her alleged fraud, just 12 days after filing for an annulment, proving their relationship's legit. So I guess they file for annulment and then cage was like oh baby come on let's get back together her reasoning is that she uh says she lost career opportunities to her during her i mean they have been dating for a year so during her throughout the relationship with cage what, because of and him? her reputation's been damaged by his allegations from of fraud and all that stuff from the marriage so i guess she's arguing that i can't work anymore so you have to pay for me <laughs> Look, it sounds like she's smart and she knew exactly what she was doing. Yeah, uh, it's it's very selfish. She's selfish. Stupid. Yeah, damn you, Erica. I was just trying to Erica see. Erica is an enemy of this podcast. Erica, officially, we will name I Erica. Will strangle her if I see. You are an enemy of this podcast. <laughs> Your life is in danger if you see Alice. So stay the fuck away from England, bitch. Or we're gonna maybe fuck I'm, you up. Maybe I'm victim blaming and just assuming that. Cage is the innocent man in the situation. We are, we are, we are. We are, we are. Probably a psychopath as well. <laughs> no, but he's probably telling the truth. I believe him when he says that, you know, maybe she didn't... I don't know. It makes me... It, it's more believable that a random person who has nothing to do with the industry will have glommed on to him for money. Yeah. I mean, that's that happens all the time. I mean, it's funny to begin with that he was singing Purple Rain in a karaoke bar, but, like, it's even funnier to know that he did it twice. <laughs> Let me just see... I'll react live. Oh. Reaction vid. I'll describe it to you. Okay. He sounds a little bit like Tom Waits. He's really yelling. Yeah, he's holding the face, holding the mic very close to his face. Does he have a man bun? Oh. His hair looks wild, as always. Okay, that was a sh- that was literally just him singing. There's another video. Now we're watching the other video. I would love to just be in that because that's like an empty bar as well. That's not even like a place full of even people. better. 
I want to be an intimate like performance. There just eating something like not feeling too good. I'm like, oh, I've had a shitty day. Well, it's Korea Town as well. They'd have nice food and stuff. Oh wow, he's like, yeah, he's like really yelling. It would be like the second coming of Christ. Like it would be <laughs> like literally, it, yeah. F- fuck you, Prince. Even if you came back from the dead to perform your mo- one of your most iconic songs, we would rather we'd be like bring out Nicolas Cage. His his performance is is wild. So this week, um, now that we've talked about uh, Nicolas Cage, I mean, he's he's really getting in the news. Even uh, my mom, you know, she watches like the daytime like talk shows and all that stuff, and they're talking about him. So, you know, Nick, we're worried about you. Please don't get any worse. Don't marry anybody. Don't pay this woman. Just like, well, pay her if just to like get her to leave you alone and then like just wash your hands of it. Come back to Bath. Live your simple life with us. And or if you do want to do karaoke, uh, feel free. Uh, just invite us. We'd love to go. Anyway, it's uh, this. I'm glad that we have those videos of him singing Purple Rain. That's that's. I mean, great for us. Um, and this week, we're going to talk about another recent film, Dog Eat Dog. Dog Eat Dog. Dog Eat Dog. Dog Eat Dog. <laughs> um, so uh, this movie, I immediately was like, let's watch this because it has Nicolas Cage and Willem Dafoe. Those are the two big names in the movie. And I just thought that was wild. We, of course, remember, wasn't Willem Dafoe in wild at heart for a little bit was he was that willem dafoe right am, am i thinking of i don't remember person? um anyway you know willem dafoe is pretty crazy as an actor so i thought that'd be kind of fun to watch him with cage and it was fun to watch them together and he and he's good i think playing opposite cage like he should always do movies with cage like they're because he looks wild and cage actually is wild like cage doesn't look crazy you know like mm. but he the way he acts is very unhinged um so yeah this was 2016 this was written and directed by paul schrader who you might remember people um we've talked about before because he has done not one but wait no sorry sorry sorry. oh wait yeah not one but two cage movies he of course is most famous for writing taxi driver and raging bull but he did bringing out the dead he wrote bringing out the dead that cage was in and he also wrote and directed uh, a movie called Dying of the Light, which came out in 2014, like right before. Like this was the, the like last movie he did before this was another movie with Cage. So he's worked with Cage a couple times. Um, actually, let me just do the overview quickly. Uh, so ex-cons, Troy, uh, played by Cage. Uh, Mad Dog, played by Willem Dafoe. And Diesel, played by uh, a young man called Christopher Matthew Cook, um, are hired by an eccentric mob boss to kidnap a baby and hold it for a large ransom. Uh, spoiler alert, when the abduction goes awry, the men find themselves on the run from the mob and the cops, vowing to stay out of prison at all costs. Uh, getting away with a crime is a matter of life and death. Because that's like the thing is that they're like career criminals and like they're they're all three uh, like intent on not going back to jail at like any cost. So they're going to like, you know, even if it's not going to work out, they'll kill themselves before they go back in the clink, man. There was me. Troy. There was Mad Dog. And there was Diesel. Um, also, just fun fact, I, just looking stuff up for this, did you realize that there's no Oscar nomination for Best Screenplay for both Taxi Driver and Raging Bull? But it, there are Oscar nominations for other things, right, in, that, in those films? 
Yeah, like, like they were nominated for like best picture, but like still no like, screenplay. No screenplay. Interesting. Weird, no. The Oscars is bullshit. Nothing matters. True. The Oscars is wrong ninety percent of the time in their True. opinions. The people judging don't know shit. God. Um. So, oh, also fun fact: Paul Schrader himself, um, uh, was in the movie, and he plays Greco the Greek. Greek. That's the mob boss. That's okay. That's the mob boss that like sets up the whole job for them. That old dude. Um, it was also co-written by Matthew Wilder. This screenplay. Uh, like I said, Willem Dafoe's co-stars. It premiered at the 2016 Cannes Fest- Can Film Festival. I like to think that Nicolas Cage definitely knows what I am. No, Nicolas Cage definitely he's into knows that. Like, he's. He, I feel like if you brought up, he wouldn't know a lot about it, but he'd be like, "Oh yeah, you know, I've read this, this, and this. just a thought that I just had." Um, sorry that we're going back to going off topic, but the he was at a bar in Koreatown. Do you think he was there trying to pick up a new woman? Yeah. <laughs> He has an affinity. He does. He always has. He always has. He loves Korean women. His ex-wife, both. I don't know if Erica was also Korean, but his well, Alice was definitely. I think Korean. he feels at ease when he's around Asian. He's people, huge in China, which is why you know when he needs a rest and he needs to chill out, he he's not going to go to Hollywood. He's not going to go to Hollywood Boulevard and mm. you know go to where all the bigwigs are. He's going to go to Koreatown, and he's going to find a. Uh, Asian just, woman in her twenties to just get an ap- age appropriate, yeah, Asian woman. Um, yeah, like he can, you can still go out with Asian woman. That's what I'm saying. Like Nick Cage, just, just go out with the like in her thirties at least. Yeah, just go. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm gonna be 28 in September, and I think at this point I'm past Nick Cage's prime of woman woman. Yeah. Just like I'm gonna have to cut this out, but just like, uh, all right. Anyway. <clears throat> da, 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 da. Oh, uh, so now is the part where we just give our general opinions on the film. What did you think of the movie? I remember you laughing a couple times. It's, there's some very ultra violent scenes, and Alice was cackling her head off. Literally, immediately, the I blood do, was everywhere. She's like, <laughs> I do cackle like a psychopath. She does. No, seriously, that just sounds disgusting. It was literally just kind of like, like Nick Cage didn't really have, he wasn't. He isn't wild at heart. That is him. <laughs> okay, well, Willem <laughs> Dafoe is good at. Being disgusting. <laughs> Being violent and gross. His head exploded. <laughs> but I kind of felt like Nick Cage's character wasn't developed enough. Like, they didn't really have enough of a, like, real dynamic sure. with each other. Like, the, the characters weren't, like, fleshed out enough to really, for me to care about what happened to them yeah. at all. And, like, they're also not immediately likable characters. Well, like they're not supposed to be likable, like, like, I get it. But there are films where, like, you've got a. That's something like The Sopranos, you know? Like, they're all horrible people, but you're still invested in their lives. Well, the movie you did still... open with the death of a small child. So yeah, like, the, the movie murder opens of a small child. With so I'd argue they're a little bit less likable than The Sopranos. They're a piece of shit. I mean, people in The Sopranos, mur- like, beat the. Sh- Ralphie beats the shit out of them. Well, woman I never liked death. Ralphie, period. I love Ralph. Ralphie's he's annoying. <laughs> but with this film, I felt like it wasn't the like them being likable that yeah. bothered me. Yeah. As long as they're funny, entertaining, or yeah. have a bit more dimension to them, have other aspects to them. But it was very much like the the, the opening scene kind of like shocks you, where it's like it does, he's yeah. he's in a seemingly relationship with a woman, and then he ends up 
Yeah. Murdering her. Don't kill anybody unless you have to. <laughs> right. No, it was just. They don't. Also, they don't mention that ever again. Don't it, it, it's completely pointless, other to establish then that, that this is a bad, a bad guy. guy. See, people pretty much can't stand Mad Dog, and I get it. I do. But like. But it's like when you get to then, you're like, oh. Yeah. What did that? I, I was for? expecting a little more. Yeah. No, I um. I would give it like a five. Five out of ten. Uh huh. Uh huh. So like, okay, like a fifty percent. Um, I. I I don't know. I didn't find the care like I like an anti-hero just as much as anyone, but these were just like too like it just dipped too far on the other way where it was like these aren't really likable these aren't really likable people at all, so I don't really care what happens to them. Um and like they set it up that like Cage's character is the most normal in quotes, you know, of all three of them, but he's still fucking unhinged and crazy. Um, and I was actually really surprised to find when I was looking stuff up that this is based on a book. It's based on a pulp novel, novel by Edward Bunker. There must be something must happen in the book. That's right? what I'm saying. But also maybe it, maybe it doesn't. Like you know, sometimes you can read a book that's just kind of like aimless and like doesn't really go anywhere. That infuriates but it me. Doesn't though, really, I feel like I've wasted my time. It's like on the road or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I was I was really surprised that it was based on a book because it seemed like just sort of one of those aimless scripts that just don't go anywhere. Um, but maybe the book is also like that. I don't know. I don't know how like like uh, how closely it adheres to the original source. Um, but I, um, uh, I, yeah, I think the main problem with this movie is that the characters themselves don't have any real. You don't know what their motivation is. You don't know. They're not likable enough for you to even care what happens to them. So it just sort of... Yeah, you don't really know what they're trying to do. No. Like, like the whole the whole setup is like, they're, they're gonna... This is like... It's so predictable as well. Like, this... The whole setup is like, they've got one more job before they can go and, you know, get their money and go and, you know, sit on the beach somewhere, you know, and... and Come on. We were fucking Facebook friends before there was a Facebook. So yeah. If we get, if we get caught. Because they've been at, in and out of prison and they're these like career criminals and they don't want to go back to prison. And actually, fun fact that you were saying about Cage. Cage was actually originally offered the mad dog role. He would have been better in Willem that Dafoe's role. role which I'll, I'll get into. He has a quote about it, why he didn't do it. I'll get into that later. But um, I felt that way as well when I was watching it and I was thinking, this is really like, it's called Dog Eat Dog. It's obviously about mad dog, I think. But they, I, the book, I would assume, I, I don't know this, I've never read it. But I think when Cage was like, no, I'd rather take the other role, then Paul Schrader was like, oh shit, okay, now I need to rework this so that this guy, that Cage's character is kind of more the main character. You know what I mean? It was like, it, it was actually a really good scene where it's like this guy who you thought was this monster had this moment of like humanity, like talking to another convict of like, help me be better. Also, too, I don't, um, the guy who played Diesel, Christopher yeah, he very Matthew he Cook, very good, no, he reminded me a lot of, like, you know, in, um, well, I don't, I don't know anything about him, but I wonder if he was, if he's not really an actor, like, if he, yeah, he was, he like, a wrestler not, he, yeah, or something. Yeah, because he, he's like Batista or something. That's exactly what I was about to Where say. Where it's like, yeah. you can tell that they're not an actor, but yeah. they look like the role. Role, like, like, he's this big, beefy convict looking dude bald head all this you know all this stuff but he's just he's just he's one just saying his lines yeah he's not like i there's no emotion there's, there's no yeah which i think i mean i guess it's kind of maybe what that character is but like there are emotional scenes with willem dafoe's character that could have really made the movie something special and he just can't 
yeah, give like acted a bit better it yeah. might have helped but i don't know i don't know um and cage of course does his best i mean he has his moments where he you know cage is always gonna you know say a line in a different way than anyone would say but someone would say then but um there's no big like cage freak out moment fuck what the fuck are you doing and yeah i well we'll talk a little bit more about why he didn't do the role it's only an hour and a half not long um i would say yeah if maybe all- i would say watch the first half of the movie and then don't watch yeah i don't know that the ending i mean spoiler alert i mean they all die in the end i mean they they set that up literally within the first 30 minutes like that that's gonna happen so um it's a very predictable story plot you know where you can be like okay this is gonna happen then this basically they could have like turned to the camera and been like we're going to die in 30 minutes you know what i mean like anticipation as to what is gonna happen no and also too it's like i mean it's like every setup that this movie kind of is where it's like they've got one big score before they you know go off and you know live their lives and it never works out well they always die in the end like that's what this trope of this kind of movie is you know um and that's exactly what happens so uh reception wise this movie actually i think it's really funny that you said 50 percent because that's exactly what it has on rotten tomatoes but actually the audience score is surprisingly lower it is 19 (laughs) percent some regular old people did not like this movie anyone that it I don't know. I don't think a not like I don't think my mom is gonna watch right, that right, and right. be like that I was think, a good movie. I think it got fifty percent critically because Paul Schrader is fucking pro. You know he's he wrote Taxi Driver. Like like I think that still means something to people, um, especially critics. But okay, so this was a really great headline in the Guardian. Um, so article by Andrew Anthony. The headline was just quote Paul Schrader. I've made some important films. Doggy Dog is not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> so he goes on to say uh paul schrader says quote it doesn't really matter what i do says the film director paul schrader the first line of my obituary will be the writer of taxi driver (laughs) so at this point i think he just doesn't give a shit he's just doing whatever he wants um i I didn't know who taylor swift was who the fuck is she i've never heard of that bitch ever uh so there's another quote from the article uh it says uh quote schrader's latest film dog eat dog a sort of low rent crime caper starring nicholas cage and willem dafoe does not fall easily into the category of great art <laughs> all right this is a, a longer quote here um but this is just sort of an explanation about uh why paul schrader made this movie so basically he says uh quote he explains that he made the film which is based on a pulp novel by edward bunker uh, as a redemption project to put right the unhappy experience of an earlier film he made with Cage, 2014. With Cage. <laughs> Is that worse than this? Apparently. <laughs> because uh, it says it was taken away from Schrader and recut by the film's financial backers. Ooh, so I think they recut the entire movie without his permission and his knowledge. So um, it says it was disowned. By, so the movie was disowned by director and star, which is Nicolas Cage, and disappeared without a trace, except for the bad feeling it left Schrader with. So I think he did that movie. And that was such a like a colossal fuck up that he was like, I want to do, I want to do something else with Nicolas Cage. Yeah, that's not totally shit. Say, though. Or at least so I can do it my way and no one's going to change it, you know? So, uh Paul Schrader had Nicolas Cage in mind from the very beginning. So this is what he said about that. So he said, quote, when he read the script for uh, Dog Eat Dog, he thought, oh, maybe Nick would like this. I just wanted to do something with Nick to show that we could make a film that people would see. <laughs> so 
<laughs> and he failed again. And he failed. Um, but so he read the the like the script, like I said, and initially thought, oh, okay, Mad Dog, this this main character, that would be great for Nicolas Cage. Um, so he went to Cage with it, um, and it says, quote, Cage liked the script, but didn't want the part of Mad Dog that Schrader was offering, explaining he'd just done a crazy guy in his pre- previous film. And I think that's wild. Because Nicolas Cage pretty much exclusively plays crazy guys. You could tell that was him trying to take himself seriously as an actor. And he's like, no. I don't know. Maybe he just wasn't into it. Maybe he just like needed a break from playing an absolute lunatic. He he does every once in a while take a break from it. Because this is like a crazy, violent con, you know. He always plays lunatic. Con man. Like Mandy is a completely different murdering lunatic from Mad Dog. You know? Um, but anyway, that was his reasoning and that's a shame. I think, you know, but, uh, but still Willem Dafoe was great in it. Um, and I think, you know, if they had switched it, like Cage would have been so good in that role. Not that Willem Dafoe wasn't, but like, um, so yeah, so that's, so anyway, Paul Schrader did initially want Nicolas Cage as a mad dog. Nicolas Cage was just like, no thanks. Take the baby downstairs. He annoys me. Um, so about working with Nicholas Cage, I thought this was a funny quote. Schrader had to say, uh, quote, the good thing about working with Cage is that he gets your films financed. He growls. <laughs> the bad thing is that he eats your budget alive. <laughs> so he was having a hard time. There's no other big name actors in this movie. It's literally just Nicholas Cage and Willem Dafoe. And I think this is actually an explanation why Nick- Nicholas Cage does so many movies, like so many, like lower brand movies where he's the only star because he's obviously asking for a lot of money and that's why he's doing his movies but anyway because these have two big named actors Paul Schrader was saying we didn't have a lot of money in the budget it was really I had a really tough time like offering them enough money that their egos would be satisfied to do this movie and so um basically Willem Dafoe felt like he was being underpaid and so Paul Schrader's solution was for, quote, uh, to ask Cage to give Defoe 100 grand out of his own payment. <laughs> but I get that's smart, though, because that makes Nicolas Cage feel like the big guy because he's like, all right, fine, I'll throw you some money. And then Willem Defoe gets the 100 grand he wants. So he's like, all right. That's pretty smart. Did he do it? Yeah, man. That, and Willem Defoe was like, all right, I'll do it yeah. for the extra 100 grand. But it has to be from Nick Cage. <laughs> from Nick Cage's own pocket. Because they didn't have the money in the budget. Um, I also want to make clear uh, that Paul Schrader, I didn't realize this when I started writing stuff down for him, but he also directed The Canyons. I have no idea what that is. Okay. The Canyons was uh, written by Brett Easton Ellis, starring James Dean, the porn star, and Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> <laughs> Is okay. it like a softcore porn? Is, is he just? Is I think no, 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 no. The whole movie is like about sex stuff. I think, but I don't know if he actually. I don't know if it's like one of those movies where it's like supposed to be really sexy, but all they do is talk. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or if there's actual, I've never seen it. Um, but I just thought that was interesting, and he actually did have something to say about working with Lindsay Lohan. Um, he said, "Quote: Lohan was exhausting," <laughs> as he commented at the time. Uh, he said, quote, when you are working with someone who lives in a world of crisis and unpredictability, you're never really relaxed. And I think that's a pretty good quote to describe what it's like to be in the pre- in the vicinity of Lindsay Lohan. The presence of Lohan. Yeah. 
Um, so just another uh, article. This was in Medium by Nicholas Laskin. Uh, he had to say that Dog Eat Dog is Schrader's proudly raised middle finger to the producers who took his last film, 2014's drab thriller Dying of the Light, and re-edited it, edited it without his permission. Uh, and then he goes on to say, and like a raised middle finger from a 13-year-old, it's oddly charming and also kind of tiresome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I also liked, uh, they kept calling the three guys, the three main dudes in this, uh, scuzz buckets, which is, I thought, a great, great little, uh, word. Scuzz buckets. <laughs> Finally, Do you remember co- the TV? Oh. oh, no, because you're American. What? But there was a TV channel called Scuzz Whoa. back in the day. My brother was on it. What? Oh, it was right, a music in the band. Channel. Band, yeah, yeah. Ugh, don't say something scuzz. Um, as always, we'll throw in a uh, quote from uh, RogerEbert.com from one of the reviews. Uh, this one just simply says, uh, quote, Doggy Dog may be successfully alienating, but that doesn't mean it's entertaining, entertaining, thoughtful, or even successfully provocative. And I think that's what it is. It's like got the violence and all of that. You're fucking kidding me, man. Not a bit. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it wasn't, it's, I don't know. Like I said, it was fun seeing Willem Dafoe and Nicolas Cage be together. Willem Dafoe was really good in the movie. Um, It does feel a bit like a waste. Uh, It's a shame that they didn't get a better part. Um, Also, too, Paul Schrader said, I didn't write this down, but Paul Schrader said that um, he had at one point cast Willem Dafoe in one of his movies in like a bit part. And so this was like, this movie was like his way to say like, you know, here's a more substantial role. So it is a shame that the movie itself isn't that great. Yeah. It's like the movie was made to prove a point other than making a good movie. I need to just make another movie. Yeah. Like I opened with the very first quote, Paul Schrader said that no one, he just just doesn't care anymore because everybody only thinks of Taxi Driver with him. So I don't know. I don't really know that he's working that hard. He wrote Taxi Driver, like... Yeah, like... Can I just rework this bit of the script? Can I, He like... is a writer. He's a screenplay writer. And um, he should have been able to make a coherent... You're tired when you're old, man. But, I mean, one could argue that this is the, you know, postmodernist version of Taxi Driver, where it's just not really that good, but really violent. It's, if anything, it's more of not realistic. Well, I mean, all of his... That's a... That's a that's a theme in a lot of his, I mean, Raging Bull as well. It's like, it's not, it doesn't really, it doesn't have like a happy ending or anything like that. No, but, but it's like, there's not even like a point, you know? Exactly. Like some people are just going to do the wrong thing in every situation and you, you don't even root for them. You know? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's what I mean. That That's what he missed. Like all, those early movies, there was like, they were unlikable people, but you still wanted still to see them. them. Yeah, like do something good. But the, I, I didn't give two shits. I didn't care. If anything, I was still so shocked by the especially opening. I was like, uh, "Kill Willem Dafoe! Kill Willem Dafoe!" Like, especially the Diesel. Diesel just like, He's just there. Yeah. The Nick Cage, one hundred percent. I think they could have gotten rid of that third character. Honestly, no need for it. Yeah. I don't know. I guess because he was in the book, but yeah, I agree that they didn't really need that character. There's no purpose to that character. Like, yeah, no, agreed. I hear noises. Yeah. Anyway, so it was okay. 
Um, now we got to see the absolute shit show, apparently, that was dying of the light. Once you've had money, you're never 100% sure who your friends are. Oh. Well, it was, it was in that little zine, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. I was like, oh, this is a film that I haven't seen. Interesting. Also, too, I mean, apparently, you know, if it was recut, then there's like a whole other Maybe. version of that film out Maybe there. Maybe the it is. I don't know. You'll have to wait and see when we do that movie, baby. But um, uh, the last thing I wanted to say um, has nothing to do with Nicolas Cage, but it just makes me laugh. And they talked about it on last one of the side stories, I think, on last podcast. Um, there's a very serious uh, court case going on in Australia um, uh, uh, that centers around uh, fart bullying. What? <laughs> okay, so um, this is from the Sun. No, no, this is not from the Sun. This is from BBC News. Uh, so let me just—I'll just read it. Uh, David Hinkst said his former colleague Greg Short would quote lift his bum and fart on him up to six times a day. So he's suing <laughs> for one one point two eight million dollars last year. Um. That's just a crazy amount for someone uh, farting. Uh, let's see. Mr. Hinks would refer to Mr. Short as Mr. Stinky and spray deodorant at him. <laughs> the court heard. Imagine being like an actual judge. <laughs> being an actual judge. In the courtroom. like Yeah. And being the, 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 type, the typing person that's like <laughs> writing it down. Like that's the um so yeah so that's pending um just looking sorry wait there's another fart 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 is that thing another on here. subject matter that we cover in our podcast yeah right? we're gonna do another um another podcast just fart about cast. like fart fart news fart cast is actually pretty funny um sorry but suspects farts make police stop interview in kansas city <laughs> oh, that's man. a good way to get out right oh that's always my thing if someone if like a murder is gonna come to me i'm what i, I well, I've, I ho- I want to train myself how to just like diarrhea on command, because like if you diarrhea yourself, they're just gonna be like, uh, you know, they're not. They're, it's just like, uh, maybe not. You know. But then also, I feel like start throwing that shit. You gotta hire monkey to- style. That's a good pet tactic for like if you're in like police interrogation or something. What diarrhea on yourself? But or will they make you just sit in it if they're if you're. I don't know I just feel like it would it would make them at least for a second just stop and be like did you just shit yourself and then that would give me a moment to just like fight my way out of it I guess but like they're also more likely to be into it because they're already into some fucked up shit anyway true a bit of poo you know I don't know. I mean, I don't know. People don't like poo. Psychopaths might not like poo. Yeah, but like, how many serial killers have you heard of that are like? It's not like Ed Gein had like a poo fetish. A bunch of them have had poo fetishes, haven't they? Nah. This is very rude to the idea of serial killers. They're just assuming every all of them have poo fetishes. They all do like. Wasn't that who's that guy that like made, dug a big hole and then like? <laughs> and <laughs> and yeah, and came all in the yeah, hole. Like, that's Robert, uh, what's his Pipton. name? No, 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 no. It was the recent guy, the shoemaker. Well, anyway, we, we we follow too many serial killers to keep them straight in our brain. <laughs> <laughs> but he did, yes, there was a man that did dig a hole and would I, poo I in the hole. Trust that a serial killer would not be 
I don't know. That's my last line of defense. Well, according to uh, well, apparently it does uh, work because Sean Sykes Jr., uh, a young man from Kansas City, 24, uh, (laughs) he says a detective a detective's report said Mr. Sykes leaned to one side of his chair and released a loud fart when asked for his address by police while being interviewed in September. Mr. (laughs) Sorry. <laughs> Just the idea of like I hate like this is our vices, right? Is me as if someone's head gets violently exploded and I lit it. Me Um, it's just the idea of being like, and where do you live, sir? And then just lift your leg up rip an entire part. It that says, quote, Mr. Sykes continued to be flatulent. And I ended the interview. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, oh, okay. There's a, I mean, really, there's a lot of, if you go on BBC News and just look up fart, there's a lot of, there's a lot of fart news stories. Fart in Parliament, Roe blows up in Canada. <laughs> Parliament is hilarious. Oh wait, no, this isn't. This isn't an actual fart. That's boring. When Clickbait. Now she just got this big old fat ass. They had to have like a special toilet where she would use because it's like yeah, it's yeah, the yeah. Queen's yeah. Toilet, So she went yeah. in there and then they looked after. And there was like a little pube on the toilet, so they like kept it, put it in a bag. It's like it's the Queen's pube. That's disgusting. <laughs> Seriously, the the amount that's disgusting. But you would though. It's no, like, I wouldn't. The queen. I mean, I would look at it and be like, "Wow, that's the Queen's pube," and then I would put it in the toilet and flush it away. No, you know, someone's gonna buy that. It's worth money. Yeah, but I feel like I would get a when you get arrested or something like something. I don't know. Um, Nick Cage. Nick Cage. Nick Cage singing Purple Rain. We're definitely gonna. I, I need to figure. Out, I'll figure out how to put that video on because people need to. Yeah, see that's it. that's the song to go out of this. Oh, is the audio of that sued by Prince's estate? You can't get sued by someone singing karaoke. Oh right, 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 right. Oh okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you meant like. Uh, we will, yeah, we will, we will, we'll end this this episode with a sweet, sweet, uh, melodic voice of Nicolas Cage shouting Purple Rain. Uh, make sure to follow our Instagram uh, for when I do post on there. Sorry again about this week, but you know, whatever. Um, it, it happens. Uh, um, and uh, you know, spend some coin if you like. Uh, what else was I going to follow our Instagram? Uh, make sure to subscribe. Uh, tell your friends all that good stuff. And I think that's it. So until next time. Release the bees. Purple rain. It's time we all reach out for something new. That means you too. Yeah. You say you want a leader, but you can't even make up your mind. I think you better close him and let me guide you. Would you a purple ring? Purple ring. So let me ask you something. Do you think I look like Humphrey Bogart? No. Well, you see, that's interesting because I'm a big film buff. Bogart was the best, the king. When I was in the joint, there was a movie producer who was in there with me, and I I says to him, I says, do you think I look like Humphrey Bogart? He says, well, yeah, you do, but a stretched out version of him. (laughs) 